Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold. Bing! And uh, this week we have part two of my conversation with Kurt Brownoller, who is just fantastic and what a sweet guy and what a life. Uh, so I hope you enjoy that. What a week it's been, huh? It's been an incredible week. I was on the Sherry Show. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, and I announced my show that's coming to 1590's 59th Street Theater in New York City. It is called Yes, I Can Say That. And it is directed by B.D. Wong. And I love B.D. Wong. And written by me and Eddie Sarfati. And so get your tickets on my website get your tickets but wait let me go through my upcoming shows because i always do it at the end and i always feel like no one listens at the end as you are well aware sellersville pennsylvania at the sellersville theater that would be this saturday january 21st i'm at the dc comedy loft and loft in washington dc january 26 27 and 28 and then on february 4th I am at the Avenel Performing Arts Center in Avenel, New Jersey, which is right by where I grew up. Woo! And I had such a wonderful time. <laughs> Tickets for all of those events are on my website, judygold.com. What's happened this week? Well, you know, we've been working on perfecting the script, Eddie and I. The Yes, I Can Say That script. So, um... Yeah, so that's great. And I saw some great shows. I saw the collaboration on Broadway, which is about uh, Basquiat and Andy Warhol uh, and their collaboration. And it was fucking great. And Jeremy Pope is such a good actor. And he's fucking amazing. He is just amazing. They're both they're both amazing at it. But Jeremy Pope is going to be a huge star. And he's gay. Ding. Okay. Yeah, we should have a gay bell. Don't you think we should have a gay bell? Let me know if you think we should have a gay bell. Uh, I know you're going to say no because I know the Jew bell is already annoying. So don't even start with me. What else? I am going to see uh, tonight Leopoldstadt, which is another Broadway show, uh, Jewy. Um, what else did I see? I've seen, I've been doing a lot of theater. You know, it's like I hate New York sometimes because, you know, the subway and it's filthy and there's just it's just dangerous. And then, you know, I get on the subway and I go to a Broadway show and I'm like, I love New York. So it's like I can't you can't win here. It's just but, you know, the noise and I'm getting old. I, I'm definitely getting old. So 
Yeah. So that's that. Elisa is obsessed with football and I am a football widow and she stands in front of the TV. She literally stands in front of the TV like a guy, like, just like, yeah, go. Ah, what? What? And it's, I'm like, so now I have Elisa and two sons that are straight. Like I can't win here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm learning to love football. I'm learning to love football. I prefer tennis. But I'm learning to love the football, but her standing in front of the TV like a mental patient, it's a little much. You know what I'm saying? But I love her. What else do I have to say? Uh, I don't know. I, um, I'm not that talky talk today. Not that talkative as I'm recording this. Uh, but I'm happy. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're here to listen. So, uh, get tickets to all my shows, please. And get tickets to my off-Broadway show at 59 East 59. Don't ask me what the address is. <laughs> God, that's funny, Judy. Uh, it's at, it is literally, it's called the 59 East 59 Street Theater. And it is, there's Henry calling me and I can't take it. So let me just say, uh, I'm recording something. Bye. Okay. I just hung up on him and he was in the middle of talking to me. Uh, now I forgot what I was going to say. This is my life. He calls me, he FaceTimes. Why do the kids FaceTime instead of just calling? Why do they FaceTime instead of calling? I don't understand. I do not understand. Just call and that's it. Anyway, so the 59 East 59th Street Theater is at 59 East 59th Street, but it's like the stupidest name of a theater, don't you think? But then again, it's not that stupid. So there you go. Listen, I love Kurt Braunohler. Uh, we have an, other great guests coming up, but, you know, sit back right now and relax and enjoy part two of my interview with Kurt Braunholer. I love you. You start doing stand-up, you do well, and you didn't watch television <laughs> for 15 years. Yeah. What, what? First of all, how old were you? Why, when, what, how, who? It probably started when I went to college. And it was just like a, um, you know, uh, classic, like, uh, teenager, punk rock, fuck popular culture kind of thing. It was like, I watch Almodovar movies and... <laughs> And that's it. I don't watch any <laughs> popular television. So I did have like a large chunk probably from like 1994 to 2010 where I just didn't watch any popular culture whatsoever. You did. Did you watch stand up specials? Did you watch anything? Did you have cable like you no, just I was never I was interested in stand up as a kid. As a kid, I really loved stand up and would watch um, kind of variety shows. Yeah, the variety the shows. Time. Yeah. And then didn't, and then stopped with stand up until I hit New York City and was deep in the improv scene. And I happened to start seeing, and I remember first seeing Eugene Merman. Oh, yeah. Um, Wait. There you go. And, uh, and being like, this, I, this kind of, this stand up I like, you know? It right. Wasn't, it wasn't, there was no pop culture references. It wasn't timely. It was absurd and silly. And uh, kind of very personal. And uh, and that was when I was like, oh, this could be the kind of stand up I like. And then he kind of became a mentor for me. Um, he's such a nice guy. He's great. I love him so much. Eugene Merman, ladies and gentlemen. He, mar he married my wife and I, actually. 
No way. Yes. You had a Jew marry you after yeah, you went maybe. to the Catholic school? <laughs> yep. Wow. It was, Did, he was so funny. It was so good. Uh, he's a great guy. Wait, I have to know what broke the not watching TV for 15 years. Like, what was the first thing you watched after you hadn't watched Ooh, TV? That's for? that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Thank Wait, you. What? <laughs> What did I start watching? I think it was, um, I think True Blood. I think True really Blood was what brought me around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, now, do you still do you watch less television than I watch so much TV? You do? Oh yeah, I watch. I watch TV every night. I love it. I love TV. <laughs> so, do you feel like? You were such an asshole for those 15 years or, or you missed out on anything? I mean, do you miss out on references and stuff? I miss out on references all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I've, I've been in it for at least, you know, 12 years or, or more, um, I feel like I'm pretty, I can, I can, I can play the game of, of things having been seen. But at now, right when I get into it now, I, I, all of popular culture is so niche. It I know matter anymore. Now it's right. like TikTok references that I can't even fathom what the I fuck know. they are. I can't. It's so fucking annoying. I can't, don't even get me started. <laughs> okay. So your father, who we didn't, you know, we sort of left off and now we're going back to at the age, uh, was it 60 or 62? He has twins. Is that correct? Yeah. 62. He had twins. Yeah. 62. Yeah. And how old are you at this point? Uh, so it was 20 years ago. So I was 26. Mm-hmm. 26. And yeah, my dad had twins. Okay. <laughs> my, I'm going to. My eldest sister was, uh, I mean, third, 40 at the time. Oh, she's 40 and your father has twins. 20, yeah, zero. Yeah, babies when she's which, 40. Which is quite interesting because. My ex, I have two kids, you know, Henry and Ben and my ex, (laughs) um, she, we broke up in 2004 and then I guess four years ago or five, something like that. She gets married to someone 23 years younger than her, who's 11 years older than Henry. I don't know why I hit it on 11 years instead of Henry. (laughs) Um, and she has is it a year and a half? They're like a year and four months, maybe twins. And oh. she's, she's 60. She's going to be 61. Wow. A woman, you know, and it's like, it's so weird because she's a woman and I'm always like, uh, you know, and everyone's like, men do it all the time. Men do yeah. it all the time. Yeah. But it's so weird for my kids. Of course. Yeah. You know, also- for my dad, I don't think it was that weird because he didn't like um, his partition, his participation level in the child rearing is low. Right, you right, know? right. So it's like, ah, yeah, I don't for his perspective, like, I don't. Give a shit. He's like Nick Cannon. Yeah, exactly. It's like somebody's <laughs> raising him. I'm yeah. around. I'll um, say hi. So you get married eventually. You you marry another comedian. Uh, yeah, she right. I wouldn't. She's not a stand-up, but she is a. She's a, a writer and a and an actor. She's very funny. Uh, Lauren Cook, her name is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you called yourself Dildos. Um, oh yeah, 
double income. Wait, what is it? Wait, I wrote it down and shitty. Double income, large dog owner. Dog owner. Okay, sorry. I couldn't see the dog. So you call yourselves dildos um, and you do like stuff online and stuff. Yeah. You know, you had this show with Kristen Shawl. Mm hmm. Um, Did you meet her at UCB? I met her at the pit, which was a competing. Oh, yeah, I know the pit. Yeah. And uh, we started a, uh, a, a variety show in 2005 called Hot Tub. Uh-huh. And, uh, and we've been doing it ever since. We, it's yeah. been on hiatus because of the pandemic. We're bringing it back in January, which is very exciting. I and, could be on your hot tub. Come, huh? come, come. When you're in L.A., come do it. I'm doing it. Don't fucking act like you uh, when I get <laughs> like, what? I never said that. OK, <laughs> so how did you meet Lauren? I met Lauren at a Yola Tango concert at Bell House uh, in oh, Brooklyn. God. I got I really have to go stab myself right now. I'm so <laughs> not cool enough for this fucking interview. <laughs> OK, um, and she was on another date at the time. No way. With who? Uh, <laughs> with another comedian. OK, who was it? <laughs> well, she claims it wasn't a date. She was just there as friends. But I think okay. it was probably a date. But he, of course, thought it was was a date. Probably. It was Todd Barry. No. Okay. (laughs) No fucking way. You're fucking kidding me. No, I'm not. (laughs) And then I met. You know, I've known known Todd Barry since he started. Yes, I know. Um, (laughs) So Todd doesn't know this story. Oh, God, I fucking love this. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure so he yeah, doesn't were, listen to my podcast. There, but. They were just there as friends, I think, or maybe he thought it was a date. I don't know. I've right. never talked to Todd about it. Um, but there was nothing in, untoured happened or anything like that. I just like saw her at the bar, chatted for five minutes. And did you and know then, immediately? Oh, my God. I this- did. I did. And never have I said this. I was with Eugene Merman and my friend Chris, and we were watching uh, Lauren leave with Todd. And I was like, there goes the woman I'm going to marry. And uh, and that was for real. I've never said that, that. is crazy. Isn't that crazy. Now, have you ever talked? Thing. Did you ever talk to Lauren Lauren about if she made out with Todd or anything? I've never asked any questions. I, I, I need to know. to know. I need to know. I've never asked questions. I've never asked any question. I had a I had a relationship once, like twenty years ago, where I asked all the questions about former yeah. lovers. And it and it drove me crazy. And I've now I will not ask any questions. And I don't. Okay, but you're not going to be jealous of Todd. I'm not going to be jealous of Todd, but I've simply never asked any question. Okay, all right. I appreciate that. (laughs) Todd is very funny, though. He's very, very, very funny. All right. Not my type. Um, I like a a nice (laughs) vagina. Um, I remember seeing Todd. I remember seeing Todd at I think it was at like at Whiplash or something like that, Mm -hmm. where it, it had been 10 full minutes of just destroying, like just destroying. And then he's like, all right, I'll do a joke. And then he finally <laughs> did some of his material. He got like one joke in before he got the light. He'd just been destroying, just fucking with the crowd. And yeah. Uh, we all used to, we used to love that. You know, before everyone had phones. Hey everyone, you know, One of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and 
is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required, okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie, factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Okay, so um, so you meet, so do you go out on a new, another date? Like, how do you get a hold of her again? Do you call Todd and say, Todd, that chick you were with? <laughs> no, we followed each other on Twitter. So uh-huh. um, this is like pre-Instagram. And so I just started messaging her on Twitter, I think. And then, um, yeah, we go out on a couple dates. And then very quickly... After we started dating, I gave her bed bugs. Um, oh, great! great. It's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic New York City move. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I had had bed bugs for a while, and I thought I didn't anymore. And then they came back. Ew! What is that like? Like I know someone that had it, and they had to like put everything in plastic, and it's I did all that. And then they still came back. I like I had everything piled in the center of the room, and they came and sprayed all around. Right. It was, I had all my clothes in, in bags out on yeah. the uh, fire escape so that they would like die in the cold weather. Right, right. In the winter time, which is very rare. Um, I got them from Maxwell's from doing a show at Maxwell's in Jersey. Do you remember Maxwell's? It was in Jersey City. Where was it? Oh no, I never yeah. did that. Oh, that's so great! You got it from a comedy <laughs> club. That's fantastic. I, no, it was a rock club. It was oh, rock club. Place. Okay. Yeah. And um, and so then yeah, I gave her uh bed bugs and so then we had to move in together <laughs> oh that must have been hard um <laughs> wh- did when did she meet your mother uh she met my mom probably well 
probably brought her home at some point. And then, and then we got married. After and your mother loved her. My mom loved her. Uh-huh. Um, my mom was so excited about the wedding. Right. And then um, when my mom got sick, my mom got sick in 2016. Yeah. Cancer. And so then Lauren, I was out there with my mom and then Lauren drove across country with our dog so that she could be there with me and have dog over there. Oh my so, God. I love Lauren. Yeah, well, so nice. you, you moved back to New Jersey. Yeah. To take care of your mother. I need you to have two conversations with my kids. Okay. okay? <laughs> About how to be a good son. And <laughs> I mean, I read that and it was, I just, you know, I was just like, what a good person. Uh, I mean, there was no question ever about it. You know, like, again, it's that it's the, um, it was just us for so long. Right. That there was no question that I wasn't going to be there. Well, the weird part was that (laughs) she, she remarried late, late in life. She remarried when she was like 64. Um, And so then I was moving. And had twins. Good night, folks. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) And so I was moving back. She had, you know, a whole life with this, with this, a, a very nice gentleman. Right. <laughs> who I didn't know really right. at all. I had visited him maybe for a couple hours every year. Um, and now we all live together. It was very strange. Wow. And we're going through like this traumatic experience of, a, of someone dying in the house. Are you still so, in touch with him? I am not. I am not. Wow. That's, that's interesting, huh? Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> um, so... You take care of your mom. She passes away. I can't even imagine. I mean, I, I don't have parents and I know that loss, but I have my father died when I was 27. So, yeah, you know, but I grew up with him, you know, like Mm -hmm. this was your everything. Yeah. I can't. I just, this is what my rabbi said when my mother died. He said, it's the presence of the absence. Yes. Yeah. And that's like, you know, but don't you feel like she's with you all the time? I especially feel that in in my kids, too. You know, like I might I feel it in my daughter and just in her face. I see her in her face. Yeah. But I do. And I talk a lot about that with my kids of that because, you know, <laughs> My daughter is very precocious, so she'll just be like, my grandmother died. She died before I was born. <laughs> she like she tells everybody. Right. And um, and so there was like a moment of sadness once when she was talking about her quote unquote grandma. And I was like, but don't like I was like, she is here. She is here in us every time we remember her every time. We right. Right. Her, like She is here. Like all we have are stories anyway. You know, like we, we are just a collection of stories. Right. And so also I really like to do that. That's why the Jews name after the dead, you know, because you keep them alive. Yes. So that's why we have we use the first letter or something and you can say, who are you named after? And then it re- it retells their story. Yeah. It's See, we're, we're chosen. It gives you a reason. Right. To do it. And uh, something that we've started doing, which is on my mom's birthday, we'll um, get her favorite meal and set a place uh, for her and then uh, like give her a little plate. And with a little bit of food on it and have a picture at the table. And then we like, just talk about, you know, just so the kids it's like, it's a physical presence for them, you know, you're a father now and your whole going back to the beginning with the, 
being with sick kids as a as a kid. Being a father and being so engaged with your kids and they are such a huge part of your life. Does it does that make you even more pissed off about your father? Like, how the fuck could you behave like that? No, it doesn't make me angry. I think I've given anger up a long time ago. Right. It more is it's very perplexing to me. Right. Confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's confusing because I remember when my daughter was two, my daughter's our eldest. And when she was two, I was like, imagine me being like, I'm out. <laughs> imagine right. me right now. With I mean, this imagine, right. Imagine, I, like, I know what it's like when they were little and you're like, I have to go away for five days. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, like, imagine saying, bye bye. I'll see you when you get on a plane by yourself when you're five, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you can't even fucking comprehend that. Yeah. And also to have like a new, to immediately start a new family where it's just like, where? Like, I can't, I just saw a very funny comic, like a literally comic. Like, um, yeah. By Ash Perlman, uh, which said, um, uh, <laughs> uh, it, the, the guy, it's a man and woman talking and he goes, look, I, sure, I'm surprised you're having an affair, but honestly, I'm just proud of you that you found the time. <laughs> <laughs> You find the time, right? To have an affair that you know it's like crazy. You hate the saxophone. Now, I have to say, (laughs) I am a woodwind person. I, I, and I was a music major, so I love. I played clarinet. Mm -hmm. Um, I love woodwinds. I have, I actually have two saxophones here. Um, But. It you're you're so like I want to kill you when you talk about the saxophone because <laughs> it is the closest to a human voice. It's sexy. Like why the fuck do you hate a saxophone? <laughs> and I to specifically I dislike saxophones in rock music, and that's where I think this. Well, well, what about Springsteen? Other than Springsteen, other than okay, you can't have it. No, you can't have it all these ways. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, but I suppose, you know, yeah, no, I, I just don't, I'm not a huge fan. Also, you know, as you know, it is, uh, it's elevated for comedic effect. My, right. my more opinions yeah. on the saxophone are just like, it's fine. All right. Good. Cause I was like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Okay. I think I do prefer the brass instruments though. I would say. I love I brass. I love brass. Yeah. Um, do you like Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass? I do. I do. Fucking and love. Love. They used to, they, they have a cover. I used to work at this place in uh, Baltimore called Tambor's Nifty 50s, which was a, a 50s style diner. Oh, yeah. Also served Indian food. So on the front was like all classic, <laughs> classic American dishes. And then you yeah. flip it over and it was like really good Indian Non-bread. Food. Yeah. So amazing. Uh, and they had I a, love like an, I love it. An old school Wurlitzer um, yeah. uh, a jukebox. Yeah. And they had Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass's cover of a few of my favorite things. Uh, and I have never been able to find it again. It was such a good cover. Um, wow. Did you search? Yeah. You searched? Yes, I have. Oh, like, God. Yeah. I got to find that. Yeah. I got to find that. Hey. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, let's talk about something else that I am have been completely obsessed with. Yes. The giving tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I started, you know, Shel, Shel Silverstein, big porno writer, like mental. Yeah. I like, I like, I love your whole thing. And I have a friend um, who I play tennis with. Her name's Peggy Schmidt. She's the, she's like an angel. She's like one of these people, like, <laughs> like, isn't it great that we're all together? Like always takes that moment to be like, we're so lucky. Like 10 of her family members could have died that morning, yeah. but look at us. We're here <laughs> and we're, you know, and I call her the giving tree. Cause it's like it, without, and I have been a little obsessed with that book since I started reading it yeah. to Henry. I started with Henry cause he's the eldest, but you know, and I'm like, what is this? I, you like, and, and I'm like, oh, the tree, so, you know, it's such a fucking martyr <laughs> and like no selfish, like doormat. Yeah. yeah and I'm no, like, no, that's, no that's what I am to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like that book. I don't. Yeah. It's it crazy. Is, it's fascinating as a child. Like when I first read it to my daughter, because mm-hmm. my mom had read it to me always. And, uh, and as a kid, I could, I could recognize this, like, I could recognize this sadness in this tree giving all of itself. But that back then it was this idea of like Catholic martyrism. Right. Know, right. It was like so ingrained with like, that's what you should do. You should destroy yourself for other people because that's what'll get you. That's the, the highest place in heaven. You know, like that idea. And so that was, you know, it all baked into it. But then reading it as an adult, I was just like, "Whoa, this hits a lot different as right. when you read it as a parent. <laughs> yeah. And I was and it's written by a Jew and yeah. it is about martyrdom, but it's yeah. like it's about guilt, too. And the kid's such a fucking asshole. He, the fact that he, there is no dimensionality to the kid whatsoever that the kid never thinks for a fucking second about taking everything, everything from this person. But it is kind of a, I mean, it is kind of a a metaphor for being a parent. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. And you don't realize until you're a parent uh, that that's how it is. And I realized my, my, we found out my mom was pregnant like the, the day, I mean, my mom was pregnant. We found out my wife was pregnant the day right. after my mom died. And so she never even found, she never even knew that they were pregnant. But, oh. and, uh, and so it's fascinating that as soon as you become a parent, you now understand your parents on oh. a much more personal level of what they must have been going through. And it immediately sparks a thousand questions, like millions of questions. Right. That you can't ask, which is so annoying. Yeah, it's so annoying. I know. My mother had three kids. But, you know, we used to like now I sound like a fucking old, you know, they don't understand (laughs) that, uh, you know, like it used to be like 
uh, you'd say, I'm going out. And they'd be like, "Okay," And you'd ride your bike around until it was time for dinner. And no one. And then you came home. No one was like, what'd you do? Where'd you go? You know, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was. Are you in the woods smoking cigarettes and not (laughs) inhaling? Uh, and I was um, always wondering, like, why didn't my mom ever smell cigarettes on me? It's because right. everywhere we went, people it smelled like smoke. So everyone just smelled like smoke all the time. But I tried being a comic in the 80s. I, I would fucking come home and open my suitcase and smoke would come out of it. Oh, my God. It I was awful. Imagine. Your father confused you with another comedian. Is that correct? Yeah, Andy Daly. <laughs> no fucking way. Yeah, because it was this CarMax commercial. And my my brother called me and he was like, dad thinks you're on a CarMax commercial. And I'm like, is I'm this not. after the stroke, I hope? No, this is way before. This oh, that's great. Before. That's great. <laughs> Such a and good dad. Like, I'm not. I'm not in a CarMax commercial. And then I <laughs> hear my my brother yell, like, he's not in a CarMax commercial, dad. See, I told you. And then in the background, I hear my dad go, yes, he is (laughs) like insisting still that he's right. How do you forgive him? Like, (laughs) you must be. There isn't a there isn't a or sense of understanding. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. And when there's not a sense of understanding that that sucks so much. It's almost like I'm going to give up. I'm not going to try. Right. And And yeah, it would be you would get nowhere. It's like all those turned it into a bit. Right. That's what you got. That's what we do. That's what I got out of it. You described comedy as a succession of rejections on all levels. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's pretty true. (laughs) I'm going to go with yes, Um, which is, you know, it's interesting for me that that comes from a white guy. I mean, I have to say that you, because I, uh, I know I should, and that's, that's even more insulting. Do you know what I mean? Like the whole, the whole game was rigged for me to go straight to the top. Right. Right. And it's just been a series of rejections. It's even more humiliating. Right. I have no, I have no institutional barriers. (laughs) <laughs> but it's also like for the women, I tried to, you know, explain this to to Henry, who who books shows and stuff. And he was like, I was like, Henry, you don't seem to understand because he always every one of his shows. He's like, I do not. I want I'll have one white guy. I want a woman. I want a person of color. I want a la- like it's just I'm like, Henry, when I was starting out, like if there was a woman on the show, if. Yeah. There was a woman on the show. Um, it was going to be one. It was going to be one if there was going to be one at all. And they set it up so we would all be competitive with one another. Mm-hmm. But we weren't like we were bonded because it was such a fucking shit show. Yeah. So but yeah, it's just funny. I love good. I'm glad you feel some rejection because it's oh, fucking it's fa- sucks. It's fascinating how quickly that changed as well. Right. You know, that 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 change happened in like the last five years of like quickly. Every show has like, right. you know, it's uh, like a, a good variety of, of yeah. human experience. There are still assholes out there. Oh, yeah. They're oh, still. Assholes. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about in New York and L.A. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> please. And maybe Chicago. I don't know. There's still those fucking assholes. Yeah. You talked about trying to parent the parent you who raised you like with your mother. Yeah. And now you're dealing with your father. And I just 
being a parent, do you do you ever think about those kids that you visited when you were growing up? And oh my god, yeah. like it's it's. I almost didn't include it in the special for that reason because it's just so such a horror. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. When you become a parent, you think about the absolute worst thing that can happen all the time. You think about it all the time, and it's fucking horrifying. And it, there's no, there's no, um, there's no approaching that level of of sadness. That is, yeah. is the worst. Is the worst state of of human existence. Yeah, I wondered if all those those memories flood back, or if when your kids are sick, you go to the worst case scenario, or you know, I always wondered. You know, I, as I said in the beginning, I was fascinated by that part of you and then how it manifests itself as you being a, a parent now. Yeah. I mean, it. you know, it's just those 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 parts where you like try and I just try and shut those voices down, you know, because yeah. it's just like you can't. Entertain oh, please. Me. You would be yeah. in the corner of like crying yeah. all day exactly. long. Yeah. I I love I love talking to you. I think you're great. I'm happy about your special. It's now on Amazon. I always ask my podcast guests two questions. One is what you do for your mental health, how you keep emotionally healthy. Um, I try and walk in. Mm -hmm. I try and go on hikes in the mountains, which is like 20 minutes away. And I try and surf. Nature. Surf? Yeah. I grew up in Jersey. I, I grew up on the ocean. So I, I know, but I grew up in Jersey and I we would lay out in the sun. No one surfed. Who surfed in New Jersey? Everybody surfed in New Jersey. You know, the undertow there was so bad sometimes. Oh, yeah, it's intense. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember going in and like, like eating up, you know, and I'm like, I'm dying. And then you just lay, then you're like on the sand and laying it's there like a fucking. All those jetties in. Those jetties make the yeah. tides worse. Wow, I didn't know people surfed in New Jersey. Which beach did you go to? Uh, I, I I learned at Avon, which doesn't have great yeah. waves. And then um, I would surf in Spring Lake and in Manasquan. Oh, my God. Manasquan has, like, some of the best waves uh, 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 outside of um, North Carolina. No way. Yeah, yeah. Manasquan Inlet is is, is world do you, So do you still you still go surfing? Do you bring, did the kids see oh, you? yeah. I got all my surfboards right here. Oh my <laughs> God. Look at those surfboards. Yeah. Yeah, but you couldn't do it in the wintertime. I did. I, I surfed in the wintertime in New York City. I had a um I had a bungalow at 91st Street in Rockaway for 10 years. Are you crazy? Surfing. No, I shared it with 10 other surfers. We wow. paid, I think 90 bucks a month to have a you know a place a quarter block from the ocean. Oh my God. It was awesome. It was so cool. So funny. Do you wear like a surfer's outfit, like a wetsuit? Yeah. A surfer's outfit. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I wear the classic surfer's outfit. I hate you. Um, okay. So you, you love nature. That helps you. With your I mental do. That's, that's how I deal with it. Okay. And then my last question. Now we call the podcast Kill Me Now because I say that about a hundred times a day because everything aggravates me. Uh-huh. So... My final question is, what pisses you off? The, like, what makes you so fucking angry? Ooh, what makes me like so crazy funny? angry? And it could be anything. It could be anything. <laughs> uh, I want to say it's how many times my kids hiccup. 
Um, but it's not that's not being fair. But they do hiccup. They hiccup so much. It makes me furious. And they don't do you think they, they do it on purpose? They don't do it on purpose. Because you can't the, do it. They just sit there and they don't know that they're doing it. And they just it's just the whole house is just. And it's just that would fucking annoy the shit out of me. And it's just constantly all the time. And I know it's not their fault. So I can't. That's that's a bad one because it doesn't uh, it it doesn't it's not appropriate, but it does happen all the time. And it makes me crazy. Well, can you um, teach them how to get rid like do the whole always like giving them water? Just like, please drink water. Please drink water. No, you drink water and then you have to you take a sip of water and you have to swallow three times. Okay, great. Without breathing, like just go now, swallow, swallow, swallow on the same sip. They'll just ignore. I'm telling you, it works. (laughs) Olive and Gus. Oh, oh, where can everyone find you? Uh, You can just KurtBComedy.com and all my stuff is there. Are you getting rid of Twitter? I don't I haven't used Twitter in years. Oh, I, shut I the fuck up. Have, You're way cooler than me. I just don't like I, I was never good at Twitter. You know what I mean? Right. I was never it was never my preferred modus. Um, but it was I did have a lot of good short jokes because I would try it a lot. Right. Because you would. Tra- yeah. And then but I would have now short jokes. And now I don't have so many good short jokes. I don't like the whole I can't with the. Content, 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 every day, content. Every day. Like I can't fucking take it. Yeah. I was just talking to um someone the other day, an an agent, and uh we were talking about how we all we did, all my my class and generation, yeah, we had we didn't have to do that. We were yeah. not distracted, we were only worked on our acts. That's all we did. Yeah. And, and you I didn't just have to, and there wasn't an expectation to burn your material so quickly. No. And yeah. you could perfect it and you auditioned live. You didn't, yeah. there was none of this like tape, 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 tape. Yeah. It was like you got in front of a fucking live audience. And if someone like bombed in front of you too bad. Yeah. Uh, we're much, we're much better qualified than you. <laughs> um, Kurt, I, I can't thank you enough for this. Thank you so much. It's been a real joy. That was, you're so thorough and you're so pleasant to speak with. So oh, funny. Can you tell people that? Because I can, I will. Yeah, it's not a <laughs> reputation I have for some reason. I don't understand. I'm such a nice person. Everyone's like, eh, hey, hey. I'm like, I'm not my act. <laughs> I mean, I am a little bit. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one and only Kurt Braunholer or Braunholer. Braun Oler, Braun Holer. Uh, Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. Everything else in the production of this podcast is done by Brittany Jo Sowards. Rich man, she married a Jew. Okay, I say that every time, but it's if you knew Brittany, she is so not Jewish from West Virginia, like not Jewish and married. I mean, it's just funny. She comes to New York. Her parents are probably like, why are you going to New York? They're from, you know, West Virginia. And then she ends up, uh, you know, marrying a lovely Jewish man named Sam, who is just, I fucking love him. Anyway, if you have not subscribed or left a review, uh, please do so five stars only. Buy my book. Yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. But you should also come to the show at 1590s 59 
And tickets are on sale at my website, judygold.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, judygold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. I am sick of saying this all the time, but please subscribe and leave a review. Thank you. Okay, I did take a photo. I put it on my phone of someone who listens to the end. So I'm going to look for that while you sit there and wait because I can't believe anyone listens to the end. I have so many recipes on here. I'm going to start telling you everything I'm cooking because I've been cooking. Um, Oh, by the way, I just want to say something about one of the wordles from last week or the week before. It was lept, L-E-A-P-T. I think those are cheating ones. They're fucking cheating ones because I have like yeast, ment, dealt, and then like it's like when you have three or four of the letters in the same place on four tries, it's fucking annoying, okay? It's not a good word, okay? That's all I have to say. Um, Okay, still looking for um, who listens to the end. No, no. That was a text fight I had with Elise. Do you have text fights with your partners? And then the all caps. And then I just start gifing. I gif or I put haha. That's how I have fights. It's so annoying. Okay, I cannot find this person. Shit. Shit and fuck. Um, shit and fuck and crap. All right, well. I know someone listens to the end, and uh, I thank, for whoever is listening to the end right now, thank you. Thank you very, very much. I love you. Thank you for listening. Um, And I'm, whoever the fuck, what? Okay, I'm going to start writing them down, because this whole idea of taking a screenshot of the person who listens to me till the end and not writing it down is very bad. It's very bad. So I'm sorry. Um, I love you all. I really do. I can't believe you're still here. Go get tickets to my shows, please. I need to sell tickets. Um, And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. And as we always say, so long.